I was, um, this started out as a project between one of my, me and one of my friends, and it was more so satire. But as I started to dig a little bit deeper, I noticed that there was a, a pattern um, within the um, academia, primarily in the um, African-American academia, as well as some other uh, demographic. Um, and pretty much uh, the title is uh, actually from a article that was published by one of our fellow academics in the, uh, the academy. So uh, it's entitled A Contrarian View, the Xenophobic Isolationist and Absolute Monarchy Called Wakanda. Okay, so to start it off, uh, the titles uh, on each slide are actually some of the headings that um, that are promoted with, within the actual articles themselves. So that article is titled, I Have a Problem with Black Panther. And it's by uh, one of, uh, a professor on a Russell uh, Rickford, uh, who is also uh, a professor at a prominent institution as you'll find out. Um, and he starts off by saying, anyone committed to the expansive concept of pan-African liberation must regard pan, uh, pan Black Panther as a counter-revolutionary film. Um, he goes on to talk about uh, various tropes that he says are represented throughout the movie. Um, one of them being the African and African-American estrangement. Um, that's not anything new under the sun within the academia. We have had that conversation on, on multiple occasions, on multiple levels, about the uh, academic uh, disconnect between African scholars and African-American scholars and how we should move forward as a, a collective African uh, a diaspora. So. He talks about the African-American uh, pathology as well. Um, and again, you, you can read along as, as I'm speaking. Uh, I was gonna read everything about what, what they were actually saying in the uh, articles. But, um, you know, he talks about portraying Killmonger as a demented uh, individual, a demented soul. Um, and, and he says that that uh, smears the radicalization of said individuals within our community. Um, he also talks about how, um, you know, recycling things of uh, black corruption, immortality, uh, immorality as well. And, um, you know, talking about representations of the of Black Panther sets as uh, virtues versus African-American vice. Um, of course, the white savior complex is something that was uh, heavily, um, that has been he heavily um, criticized about the movie, um, primarily focusing on the CIA operative. Um, that there alone would have been a direct attack against the pan-Africanist uh, movement, um, seeing that the CIA has covertly already suppressed individuals throughout Africa. Um, that has nothing to do under the sun. Um, also, you know, talking about uh, the fact that at the end of the day, he um, still comes to aid the, black, uh, the individuals of Wakanda. Um, and again, he highlights saying, if anybody who is familiar with uh, Patrice Lumumba and other people like Nelson Mandela, they would have uh, they would take an issue with having the CIA take such a, uh, a prominent role in certain regards. So, and again, uh, Dr. Uh, Rickford is a, an associate professor of history at Cornell University, uh, which is something that uh, speaks volumes of his uh, stature and his ability to uh, contextualize uh, the, the actual uh, movie itself. Um, and again, he and these are some of the points that he makes in his article. Um, he talks about the uh, you know individuals who knows Cesar. Uh, you would again, you would question some of the motives of the actual movie and the Wakanda people um, that they're showing throughout. So um, definitely thinking about it's curious, for example, how um, a society such as advanced as Wakanda has not renounced uh, um, the type of governmental structures that they that they uh, promote. And that's one of the things about the absolute monarchy that 
definitely is present throughout the movie, seeing that they were willing to give up their nation's sense of morality in order to reestablish uh, T'Challa as their leader. Even though uh, they were going against their customs and their ritualized customs throughout their community, they were willing to abandon that for their, uh, their savior that they believe was their true king. Um, uh, this is, uh, these are um, a Twitter feed for Dr. Uh, Russell Rickford's uh, Twitter um, feed. And as you can see that there are individuals who are supporting him. If, I know it's a little bit small, um, but I just wanted to read one of them. And they, um, one of the uh, people who is uh, Mao Wow, which I think is really interesting. Um, <laughs> her comment is amazing peace professor Plan on seeing a plane. Plan on seeing a Saturday as a Latino slash Italian male or someone who identifies ethnically with Latinos. I position myself proudly as an American, never forgetting my roots. But your piece speaks to many minorities regarding identity. And uh, what, what he's really trying to talk about is our sense of loss of identity as African Americans lost in our lost in the diaspora. And what he's trying to say is to look at Wakanda as a means of. Uh, creating a sense of liberation within the self, um, he's saying that it misses the bar. And he's saying that uh, definitely uh, our imaginations would be constrained um, if we were to um, apply that movie and, and hold it in such high regard. Um, and see, this is one of the critiques. Uh, again, the, I wish the imagery would have been a little bit better. Let me see if I can highlight. And so this book, this article is actually written by, again, another uh, professor. He's an associate professor at John Hopkins University. And he talks about Black Panther is not the movie we deserve. And his headline is Black Panther, a movie unique for its star black power, it depends on a shocking devaluation of black American men. And again, what he's trying to talk about is the uh, role and the characterization of Killmonger and how he is uh, he is in um, constant um, dual in a constant dual relationship between him and T'Challa, but it's an extension of their father and their personal uh, beefs with each other. Uh, this one again is another one. It's called Black Panther: Circle of Hype, and um, it's it's written by an American film critic, and he pretty much is saying the same thing about the hypeness of the movie and talking about how the movie is a manifestation of Eurocentrism and how the hype that is surrounded by the movie has been promoted by the propaganda of Hollywood. Um, he was very, he was highly criticized for this article. He was one of the first to actually do a negative critique of the movie. And um, there's a lot of exposés written upon him because they said that he actually makes a living doing contrarian work. Um, so that, you know, definitely there's some controversy surrounded, surrounded around a lot of what he was talking about. Um, this one is titled, There is Much to Celebrate and Much to Question About Marvel's Black Panther. And this is by um, uh, Stephen Thrasher, who is a, an American writer and editor. 
He was the recipient of the National Lesbian Gay Journalist Association Award, and he was Journalist of the Year in 2012. And he also won another award for, for Innovation and Investigative Journalism in 2015. And what Thrasher wants to articulate is that when it comes to Killmonger, Black Panther's politics are not especially liberatory, especially since the film's title, not to mention its Oakland bookend, evoked the revolutionary politics of Angela Davis, Huey Newton, Elaine Brown, and the Black Panther Party in general. Uh, what he's trying to say is when you look at uh, the story of Killmonger and his father, uh, and what time period that they flashed back in when his father was assassinated, it would have been around the time that the Black Panther Party was being established in California. So what they're saying is the reason why T'Challa's father killed his um, brother was because his brother wanted to utilize and take up arms like many of the Pan-Africanists or the Black Nationalists of that time. He believed that armed resistance was the next stage of liberation when it came to uh, neocolonialism. Neo And so the next article again is um, it's called Black Panther is Great, but let's not treat it as an act of resistance. And this is written by a, uh, a, uh, a scholar from Johannesburg, South Africa. And what um, Mashali wants to articulate is the is that self-care and community have been reduced to catchy self-help and festival slogans proves how easily these ideas are rendered meaningless under late capitalism. If we behave as though purchasing a ticket to see a film produced by Disney is a form of resistance, we fail to distinguish between black and art that touches on revolutionary themes and the actual work required for revolutionary revolutions themselves. She also says that, but by conflating the film with resistive efforts of grassroots act activists and organizers, we risk Dis disrespecting our radical traditions, which are increasingly being commodified by corporations whose interests have are and never been with the people. Um, some of the extensions for that would be some of the examples with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and how some of the founders have been criticized for using the Black Lives Movement as a campaign for their own personal academic progressions, such as um, one of the arguments is that one utilized the Black Lives Matter to create for her dissertation. Another scholar um, who is a uh, uh, Belgian scholar, who is also a peace activist who writes on lectures on religion, mysticism, and social change. Um, his um, article is talking about how in Wakanda, the traditions of old are seemingly revered as holy, but when the king loses in a fair fight, all of a sudden, anything goes, he can breach, he can breach traditions and retake his power simply because he's the good guy. So eventually there is no sanctity of tradition at all. It's simply about power. The colonial undertone should be clear. Africans are stuck in their traditions. They should abandon them because power is what truly makes the world go around. This because becomes amply clear in Chachele's relations with Killmonger. And in a continuation, he talks about the supremacy of nationalism and he, he wants to stress um, the scene when um, Okoye and Wakabi were actually in um, about to fight at the end of towards the end of the movie, and she and then of course the question is, would you kill me, my love? And in his response, without question, if it's for Wakanda, and what he's trying to say is he puts his national his nation in front of his his personal life. 
And that is the act of uh, selflessness when it comes to maintaining integrity of the actual nation state. However, she has a different interpretation of that, which again, it reifies her understanding that power trumps cultural. Another professor who, uh, a Kenyan journalist and also a cartoonist, he talks about how Wakanda does not pose, what, what Wakanda does not pose as a backdrop for white struggles and passion, it breaks with the spirit of derision that has always saturated Hollywood films about Africa. Uh, now, he, he wants to uh, rebuttal that by saying, even though this is true, the movie is little more than a marvel of marketing. And again, that just reifies the whole commodification of African cultures and how Hollywood has made money off the backs of us. Um, the, some of the examples other people used was The Lion King. And, um, and, and this, um, real quick, is the, he's a professor from uh, the University in, in, in Nairobi, and he's also a, a professor of human, humanities and social sciences. And again, he wants to talk about, again, the, the Black Panther and the persistence of the colonial gain. And what he wants to talk about is in an era when the bourgeois African film industry is thriving, and he's talking, and they're talking about Nigeria's Nollywood, is now the world's second largest film industry after India's Bollywood. The Pan-African world deserves far better than the simple and singulary stories of Hollywood's Black Panther, however entertaining and commercially successful they may be. Um, now, this is the article that I read that actually kind of started the title, and it's called Black Panther, A Contrarian View. And uh, this was written by uh, Dr. Scott, who is a professor of history at Howard University. And he's the author of uh, multiple books that deal with the damaging of the black psyche. And uh, again, when he his headline is, In a world unconquered by white supremacy, Wakanda is the African-American's MAGA, make Africa great again, dream come true. And he uh, extends that by saying they are for warding off colonizers who prey on other Africans and peoples of descent rarely have subjects been so well protected. Um, focusing on another professor who, a law student, I'm sorry, who's from Nigeria, um, she poses the same question of what are Nigerian and Kenyan and Guyanian movies about if, if they are not about Africa themselves? What she is saying is we've supported Black Panther. However, again, there, she's saying that there is individuals such as Nollywood who are producing films, yet we articulate Black Panther as being a manifestation of those types of films as if they've never been created. Um, this right here is actually an interview that was conducted by uh, Karen Atiyah, and she is uh, a Washington Post. She's Washington Post uh, editor for Global Opinions, and also Larry Madur, who is a Kenyan broadcaster and writer. Um, you can just kind of look at what, what they're actually, what some of the questions that she's asking him and his responses. And one of the questions is, what were the parts of the film that did that did bother you as a Kenyan, and what do you think of the accents? And his response, of course, you can see is um, it was kind of jarring for him because he said that he actually heard multiple accents and he felt as if that the uh, the ritual song and dance and the rites of passage of that was more so of a commercialized version of what was authentically uh, what's authentically in reality. 
Um, again, uh, she reiter reiterates the issue with the CIA agent and the white savior complex. And of course, his response is, it was appropriate. Yes, all for all the Americans who are upset about the Russian interfering in their elections, I'm really, really American. You've been meddling in African elections since the beginning of time, and you don't hear us complaining. It's payback time. The Americans in the movie knew how to destabilize and just meddle because that is what America does best. Um, I want to bring that into context to talk about um, uh, with Emil Carter Brawl and how his understanding of a social political ideology um, could bring us all this into context. And with Emil Carter Brawl, what he was talking about was class suicide. And that is pretty much what, um, in my opinion, is what Killmonger was actually trying to do. He just did not have the means to do it. He didn't, he was, um, his educational process in liberating individuals was stunted because of his father's death. So I believe that that internalized to him was more so just anger, more so him methodically trying to break down the infrastructure that plagued everybody else within Wakanda. And of course, the, uh, the oligarchy and the uh, absolute monarchy that was still there. And of course, with the stages of resistance, of course, again by Amilcar Cabral, um, I wanted to stress that psychologically, Wakanda, the Wakandians were actually feeling as if they were still in the first phases of anti-colonial resistance. And that is they were more still in the uh, pacification of their, of their uh, individuals who were living in their society. And I felt as if that they resisted uh, the gun in hand or from foreign occupation, of course. But we all do know at towards the end of the movie, as well as in the uh, Affinity Wars, they are actually capable of producing situations, which is in the third phase of the acts of resistance. However, T'Challa's father does not see them in that light. They, he still believes that they're in um, in the stages of we still need to be secret or somebody might still steal our technologies. But in regard, clearly they are more advanced than he gives them credit. Um, so I wanted to give a breakdown of pretty much how I internalized the whole um, situation of Wakanda and the philosophical awakening. And of course, this is uh, my own inter interpretation of the movie and how I believe there's a dualistic relationship between T'Challa and also um, Killmonger and his father and their fathers. They both have these same dualities. And I think this is what was really plaguing um, both individuals in the movie and how these are all manifestations of the, the duality between Africans and African-Americans and why there's disconnect. Uh, we both want liberation. We still want um, reconciliation with each other. However, there's different approaches about doing that. And again, I think that uh, T'Chaka as well as T'Chele um, promote in things that grow neocolonial ideologies. And that's the reason why Wakanda has remained a um, absolute monarchy and their uh, remnants of xenophobia. Um, of course, there's scenes where um, when uh, Killmonger comes back and uh, T'Challa's family are appalled and they're saying, well, this is unacceptable. He's not one of us. What do you mean by one of us? You know, it's one of those situations where they've already distanced themselves from anybody who is African, but they're not Wakandian. So if they're not Wakandian, you're not, you're not even a factor to them. Um, they do mention um, the saving of the women, of the little girls, which is uh, uh, a representation of Boko Haram and what is going on currently, which I thought was very great. However, she was criticized for even helping those individuals, saying, you risk us being exposed. But again, they were already on the third level of uh, liberation, you know, of resisting anti-colonial struggles with the type of technologies that they had. 
Um, so when you look at, of course, the culture as a tool of liberation, uh, again, you know, what Killmarker failed to realize was the methods of liberate, liberation through literature, art, music, propaganda, and communal collectivism. However, war is the thing that resonated with him more. And that's the reason why, again, anger is his first, um, his first, um, I guess, um, task. Because he doesn't understand that it takes more than just war to truly liberate people. Oh, no, it's, I'm finished. Thank you. Can we give my brother another round of applause? Yeah. I think that was phenomenal, right? Very informative. He uh, presented a lot of thought-provoking content, which was great. Um, I would like to end with this right here.